do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCube girlist. This show podcast thing is like a personal journal of all the media I have consumed. I pour it forth from my mouth into wires and through airs. That's how internet works, right? Wires and airs? I do so so that the, 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 the media does not fester in my brain and slowly drive me insane. No. Because nobody wants that. If you want to go insane, you want to do so quickly. Adoy. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I warn of that possibility. Hmm. Uh, I will now push a button that will start a series of five uh, five minute timers and uh, hopefully we stick to the timer I, I always aim for it at least a little bit but we don't always hit it do we no 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 ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to review some things Today's movie monologue sponsor is The Hoff. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, I just realized the movie monologue uh, theme song thing there has never made more sense than when I decided to watch a least, a least, at least one James Bond movie a week. So, because it's got, you know, the James Bond theme in it there. Which, uh, I, I, I gotta say, uh, watching re, 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 in some cases, uh, excuse me, watching these movies, uh, whenever that uh, theme song comes on at the beginning, I do get a little uh, uh, excitement tingle, so uh, uh, some some good stuff there. Uh, the movies, well, they're, they're good, there's, there's, they're, they're interesting, <laughs> some of them, Thunderball, for example, which we're talking about here, James Bond heads to the Bahamas to recover two nuclear warheads stolen by Spectre agent Emilio Largo in an international extortion scheme. You don't really hear much about international extortion schemes, that's not like a real life thing, and that's sad very very sad uh yeah this one uh it's pretty weird the bad guy has an eye patch so you you know you got that going for you uh bond girls uh, uh misogynism galore 
all the things that I've come to uh, realize make up a James Bond movie. Man, Jesus. And I think that the next one's even worse. Uh, that said, came out in 1965, so I, I believe we have to separate, like separating the man from the work, which I think is harder to do than separating the time the movie was made from the work. If that makes sense. It might not make sense. I don't know. It's pretty early. It's uh, 621 in the morning, I will admit. Uh, and it's uh, the Christmas holidays. Uh, behind the scenes actions there for you. So maybe I'm a little out of it. I don't know. Uh, Thunderball, I'll give like a three point and change. Th three plus. Moving on to movie The Second Life. Ah, Let There Be Life. Uh, this showed up on a list of, like, sci-fi movies from 2017, uh, that sort of went under the radar, and that I can guarantee, at least for myself, I can, I could see that was true. I think I maybe heard of it, but I uh, never really heard good or bad of it. And uh, I gotta say, sometimes that actually helps, like, going into a movie like this and not really knowing anything about it. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, this is a great sci-fi thriller, the scary shit, fucking crazy stuff happening movie. Uh, a team of scientists aboard the International Space Station discover a rapidly evolving life form that caused extinction on, uh, and now, oh, I think I'm missing... Extinction on Mars, and now threatens all life on Earth. <laughs> missing the word Mars there, it was cut off. Uh, yeah, this uh, organism uh, is unlike anything uh, I think I've seen in a sci-fi movie, and it's so alien that it's it's really quite frightening. And and the 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 rapidly evolving part of its nature is is what adds sort of the fear. And and you know what else adds the fear uh, is the fact that they really very well used, uh, at least late from a layman perspective, used uh, science to. Uh, explain what is happening which uh, to me adds extra fear the the fact that they're they're trying to make it like it seem like this actually could happen so uh, I, I like that very much uh, <clears throat> reminded me a little bit of uh, tardigrades which uh, if you don't know anything of tardigrades look into those friggin space bear monster things those, those are pretty crazy uh, uh, life I'm gonna give a five on five yeah I really really liked it speaking of really liking a weird movie <clears throat> excuse me morning throat clearings just what you want on a podcast uh, they look like people is movie the third uh, suspecting that people around him are turning into evil creatures, a troubled man questions whether to protect his only friend from an impending war or from himself. Yeah, this uh, this whole movie sort of treads back and forth between you thinking is ah, shit. between you thinking is this person crazy or uh is there actually sort of a, a worldwide conspiracy with freaky people and shit happening uh that's threatening all of humanity uh, i i won't give it away but uh the fact that 
you could never really tell. I, I felt like which way it was going to go is what I liked. Uh, I watched this with the missus and the mother. In fact, uh, neither of them liked it. Uh, but, uh, but I really did because it was, is it was weird and I, and I like a weird movie. They said it was too weird, which can, can a movie be too weird really? Uh, rating? Oh, jeez. Can I give it a five? Ah, eh, what the hell? I'm, I'm feeling in a Christmas mood. Five out of five for they look like people. Why not? Last but least, yeah, I think least of these four movies anyways, is Baywatch. Uh... The, uh, it's not a remake, it's the uh, adaptation of a television show, I guess. Uh, I, I, uh, it's, it's okay, yeah. It's, it was okay. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> at a loss for words, apparently. I, I gotta say, the way it started, like the first five before the credits, uh, scene... I, I, it gave me a high hopes that first scene that they really were not going to take it seriously like a, oh, uh, what the fuck is that one called? Based on MacGyver, MacGruber, MacGruber. I thought it was going to be more like MacGruber in that it was just insanely dumb. Uh, that's how the, the sort of initial sequence treated it. Um, but then it quickly sort of started to take itself too serious and be like an actual movie, which... Uh, meh, it sort of fell apart for me at that point a little bit. Uh, you get to see, you know, your Zac Efron shirtless, which, whew, ladies, am I right? <laughs> uh, uh, and then, you know, girls in bathing suits, that's fine too. Uh, did have, uh, David Hasselhoff, which was nice. That was one scene I did enjoy. Uh, so if, if you're unfamiliar with Baywatch, in general and you know what I found out I watched this with the missus and well as well she used to watch it uh, back in the day when it was on TV I remember watching probably never a full episode and not really liking the show but she, which means she probably saw it more than I did anyways uh, the main character was played by David Hasselhoff his name on the show was Mitch uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson plays Mitch on this uh, at one point they meet and they're both named Mitch, <laughs> which uh, I like that they did that. Uh, passing of the Torch-esque, I, I guess you could say. Uh, well, you know what I should mention just before we move on and I give my rating of three-ish? That uh, if you would like to see a picture of uh, David Hasselhoff, several in fact, uh, holding a nerdy cane that is autographed by him and many other nerdy celebrities, and then also, for some reason, thrust into the hands of innumerable cosplayers at nerdy conventions such as Fan Expo, you can do so by googling Nerd Cane Adventures. And also, no, that that is me who took all those pictures and has the cane and got those autographs. So there you go. Oh shit, is my timer screwed up? Nope, it's fine. It just took a second to start playing after I pushed the button for some reason. Television talk. Today's television talk is Attenborough Animal Crackers. How is this not a thing yet? 
Okay. <clears throat> Television talk. Planet Earth. I've heard of Planet Earth, but Planet Earth 2? <laughs> Uh, that's that's an old Scott Ackerman bit there that I just stole, spur of the moment stole. Uh, yeah, Planet Earth is one of the the, the greatest, most beautiful uh, nature documentaries just ever. Period. I remember that the first uh, Blu-ray I ever purchased was Planet Earth. Uh, the first uh, Blu-ray, Blu the fifth Blu-ray. My tongue is swelling. Uh, the first Blu-ray that I ever sort of played on my old, uh, I think it was PlayStation, was it would have been two or three? I can't remember. Was that on my on my TV? I, I remember seeing uh, just the initial sequence of like a, a camera going around a tree. I guess probably at that it was pre-drone days, so it was maybe a helicopter or something, and that the tree just seemed to pop out, uh, and then it just got better from there. Uh, this also very very good uh, I would put planet earth one a little bit uh, above uh, above this one that being said whereas planet earth I would give like a six out of five this I'm still gonna give it a five out of five especially especially if you watch this on a lazy Sunday this is the absolute perfect wind down from the weekend get relaxed before bed on a Sunday because you got to go to work the next day show perfect in that scenario this gets a fucking 10 out of 5 uh nothing beats it nothing can beat planet earth just the the visuals david attenborough's goddamn soothing voice oh i love it uh this one definitely and it should come as no surprise had a undertone of uh humans fucking up nature <laughs> and let's not do that which uh, i i can appreciate that maybe the worry of that and how uh, basically we've destroyed the planet uh, maybe some of that Sunday relaxation <laughs> is a little bit cut by that uh, okay so this was broke up into six episodes god I wish there was more but uh, that's the BBC for you uh, six episodes into various uh, regions of earth so we have uh, islands, mountains, jungles deserts grasslands and cities uh so cities was uh fascinating because uh, i don't think we'd ever seen anything like that from david attenborough so much maybe bits and pieces especially monkeys city monkeys living in a place where you live in a city where there's monkeys just tooling around that's gonna be weird is it not uh probably what was my favorite one deserts is good islands was good uh, jungles or deserts? Yeah, uh, you know what I was hoping for uh, was like an underwater one. Uh, top of the scale for that relaxation I spoke of before are any underwater ones, just because you have the the added benefit of just sort of floating around. Water sounds. People literally at night listen to water sounds to help them sleep. So uh, I was a little disappointed that that didn't happen. <clears throat> Uh, grasslands always sounds the most boring and quite often is it's just like grass come on dudes uh, mountains was fascinating just to see some of those goddamn goats you know what I don't get about that is like you would there's some of the best mountain traversers yeah I'm gonna use that as a word uh, ever are goats and yet 
wouldn't you think like a hoof on a hard surface would be extra slippery? Like, wouldn't you want something like like a human hand or a paw? Wouldn't that to help you get around better? But no, no, just just incredible feats of acrobatics. Uh, islands, uh, we've got uh, the rare pygmy three-toed sloth enjoys a peaceful existence on an idyllic Caribbean island. Imagine that, just being a three-toed sloth on an island. That should be like a saying, as relaxing as a pygmy three-toed sloth on a Caribbean island. That might be the title of this episode. Today's book banter sponsor is the Ludmilla Gorbanov Flight School. Thank you for that. As relaxing as, uh, okay. I think that might be the title of this episode. We'll see. Okay, so, uh, we finished it. We did it. Oh, wait. You know what? I think I might have screwed up. Uh, or did I? Striking the Balance by Harry Turtledove, World War Number 4. You know what's weird? Uh, and this is distinctly possible now that I'm thinking about it. I, I feel like I somehow m missed a book or didn't read the last... Did I read all four of these books? Okay, I, I'm gonna level with you here. These books, which I thoroughly enjoyed, uh... Apparently, my enjoyment wasn't so much that I flew through them, which is usually my number one indicator of loving books. When I, uh, you know, you, you can't put them down and you read them super quick. Uh, I, I love these. Uh, let me just go ahead. The series at the whole, I'd give a solid four. Uh, the last book I read, which I think was Striking the Balance. Oh, geez. Uh, also going to give a four. Uh, if you've listened to my previous talks of the previous books, and I know you have because you're a long-time listener, first-time caller, uh, uh, you will know this is a series of books that uh, ponders the question, what would happen if during the height of World War II, aliens landed and tried to take over the Earth? Mm. So uh, alternate uh, history would be the, the term of this. Uh, and I think I, oh, Jesus, I, I don't know. Let, let's read the Goodreads and see if that gives us any indication. At the bloody height of World War II, the deadliest, oh yeah, let's, let's read this like, uh, like a, in a world guy. At the bloody height of World War II, the deadliest enemies of all human history were forced to put aside their hatred. Zzz. <laughs> and unite against an even fiercer foe, a seemingly invincible power bent on world domination. With awesome technology, the aggressors swept across the planet, sowing destruction as Tokyo, Berlin, Washington, D.C. were A-bombed into submission. I don't really like that sentence. Uh, Russia, Nazi Germany, Japan, and the U.S. were not easily cowed, however... Oh, count however, period. With cunning and incredible daring, they pressed every advantage against the invader's superior strength, and led by Stalin began to... Really, really? Hmm. To detonate their own atom, atom bombs in retaliation. Yeah, I guess that's true. 
City after city explodes and radioactive firestorms and fears grow as worldwide resources disappear. <laughs> this is going really well. Uh, where there will be a world left for the invaders to conquer or uneasy alleys to defend. <laughs> Oh, God. While Mao Zedong wages a desperate guerrilla war, and Hitler drives... Yeah, any any book where you make Hitler not the worst guy, right? Jesus. Uh, and Hitler drives his country towards self-destruction. Yeah, I guess he was still pretty crazy. Uh, United States forces fran frantically try to stop the enemy's push from coast to coast, yet in this battle to stave off world domination unless the once great military powers take the risk of annihilating the human race, the risk of losing the war. The fatal final deadline arrives in Harry Turtledove's grand smashing finale in the World War series. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, so... Something I like of these books is uh, you're following various people around the aforementioned scenario that I just read. So you, uh, you, you get attached to a bunch of people, and something that that lets you do is there's not exactly a main character. Well, yeah, there's not a main character. Uh, and, and every once in a while, goddamn Harry uh, Turtle Dove will kill one of the characters, and it is pretty shocking that... Uh, even in this last book, you, you'll, you'll, all of a sudden a character you've been reading about for four books just dies of friggin' starvation, for example. Pretty crazy. Uh, I would recommend these for sure. But not me reading them. Today's game, Gavin sponsor, is Mr. Useek's Death Scream Noise Cancelling Headphones. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, going to be talking Rick and Morty colon virtual Rickality, which is like virtual reality, but with Rick in, in place of re. Do you see what they did there? Uh, yeah, so uh, just the other day there was a sale in the Oculus Store where they had various bundles on sale. In this bundle I got a whole bunch of good games, two of which uh, I had been waiting to get for quite a while. Uh, this one and Star Trek Bridge Crew, so uh, I'm going to probably play that as soon as I'm done recording this, as a matter of fact. Uh, and then there were some other cool ones that I had least heard of uh, in this in this bundle. So that's a good way of doing it on the one hand. Uh, but then there's the, the possibility, which some of the other bundles I saw, I think I had maybe one or two of the games in them, so then you're like, oh, I'm not going to waste my money on the bundle. Uh, I don't know. you gotta you got to think about your whole bundle experience. But we're not here to talk about bundles. We're here to talk about Rick and Morty Virtual Rickality, which is pretty goddamn insane. Uh, if you listen to my talk on Justin Roiland's uh, VR game Accounting, definitely some of that feel here and I think he took some of the lessons he learned over there and brought them over to, to this uh, you play as a clone of uh, a Morty a, a Morty clone if you will uh, you are created for the purpose of doing the laundry <laughs> uh, so basically you find yourself spending 80 to 90 percent of your time in uh, Rick's garage and I gotta say, on the one hand, that sounds like a little oh, you're 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 spending the whole game in just this one area. Uh, within this one area, there's only 
because you can't really move about freely you can only exist in sort of three areas of the garage and you sort of teleport between them uh teleporting i like just for the reason that uh, no vr sickness when you're teleporting uh it is room scale so you you are able to move around within these areas but i couldn't say walk from the front of the garage to the back of the garage you'd sort of walk a couple of feet and then teleport to the back of the garage that sort of idea it's done very well it's done seamlessly uh it all sort of makes sense story-wise why it's happening uh they filled this garage with so incredibly much stuff just period stuff that uh, it will really boggle your mind the first thing like it was incredible right off the bat but when i picked up a bottle of rick's booze uh, and then picked up a glass and poured it in the glass and could see the glass filling uh, that's when I knew that, like, just a dumb little thing like that, sort of like, wow, they really took their time in here. Uh, it's it's jokes galore. Uh, so basically you start off by putting on a, a phone watch so that uh, throughout the game, as you pick things up, uh, Rick will, like, uh, color commentate, like, oh, you picked up my booze. Feel free to have some, but save some for me because I like booze. Uh, maybe a little more refined <laughs> than that. Uh, and then there's tasks you have to complete that range from, oh, the battery in this, uh, radio's dead, let's go up to the space station through this portal, uh, to take a battery out of that. Just as an example. Oh, the, the toilet's clogged, we gotta fix that. Like, it, it's all sort of mundane tasks that are disguised in this world through all the crazy sh ways in which you go about doing it, uh, all the crazy tools you have at your disposal. Uh, I gotta say the hardest one is, uh, and I'm probably not alone in this, I can't imagine I am, is you can't leave the garage. Uh, you, your clone is unable to for whatever scientific reason. You do have uh, the ability to throw a, a what they call a Mr. You Seek. If, if you're familiar with the show, you probably know Mr. Uh, Me Seeks, which is basically this blue slave thing that will do your bidding. Uh, in this case, uh, it doesn't so much as do your bidding as mimic your movement. So uh, basically, uh, you would throw it outside of the garage and then it would uh, mimic whatever moves uh, you were doing. So if you bent down to pick something up, it would bend down to pick something up. So when a delivery comes and it's outside the garage, but you need to get it, uh, <laughs> you've got to throw him out there. Uh, and then there's a couple of ways you could go about it. There, You throw a Mr. Useeks out there, you get him to bend down, pick up the object, and then toss it to you, and you grab it. Uh, tried that a couple times, hard as fuck, so I gave up. What I did instead was, you can have more than one at a time, so I sort of created a chain of them where we would pass them off to one another. Uh, it was hard to do, it was hard to get your tosses and passing accurate, but eventually I did it. Uh, I'll give one spoiler on that and that alone. Uh, when you did get this thing that fucking took me so long to get, uh, it basically, as soon as you try to use it, it broke. <laughs> and then you just ordered one online and it just popped, like, basically right into your hand. God damn it. Uh, okay, so rating-wise, uh, easy for me to give a 5 out of 5. Just an incredible experience. Uh, my only complaint, as with uh, a lot of uh, VR titles... 
Uh, it was a little short. Like a couple hours, maybe four-ish? I, I don't know. There's replayability, there's a shit ton of Easter eggs. Like, uh, I could see myself going back and uh, looking for, there's uh, like cassette tapes you can listen to, and I only found like three of them, I think there's like ten of them, so. Highly, highly recommend. Uh, on the note of it being a little short, uh, I say this of a lot of VR games because they're so crazy expensive, which uh, sort of makes sense because making a VR game is seemingly, or, or even I suppose you could say obviously, uh, quite a bit more difficult than just making a normal game. Uh, so because of that added expense and cost of buying them, uh, I usually recommend buying them when they're on sale, like I did this one. So, hey, is that fair? Probably not, but hey, what are you going to do? Today's internet intercourse, or rather double movie monologue sponsor, is I believe in a thing called ancient Anasazi Indian demon stones. Uh, yes, you heard it. Double movie monologue. It is the holidays, which means a lot of movies get watched. Also, I took a week off podcasting, so this is actually combining two weeks in one, I guess you would say. Uh, so, uh, I decided to throw in another uh, James Bond movie, because we don't have to do one a week. We could do two a week, if we so desire, and sometimes we do. You Only Live Twice, from 1967. Uh, probably, at least so far, and I have to assume even going forward, the most misogynistic of all James Bond movies. Just, period. There is a line, uh in this it takes place in japan for the most part where uh, a japanese sort of head mafia uh, not mafia well a mafia feel to it but like secret service mafia guy i don't know just like a a, a dude says uh, in japan uh, men always come first <laughs> just just period full stop so, as I mentioned previously, if you can get over that as well as you are able, Agent 007, the Japanese Secret Service, wait a second, Ninja, okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was reading this right, let me start again, Agent 007 and the Japanese Secret Service Ninja Force, <laughs> little uh, racism in there as well, must find and stop the true culprit of a series of space jackings before nuclear war is provoked. I will spoil this by saying the space jackings are from Spectre. Yeah, from the aforementioned. Uh, who plays... Uh, so we do have a Blofeld in this one. Oh man, that guy's real bad. Yeah, he's sort of the, the Moriarty to uh, uh, Sean Connery, James Bond's Sherlock Holmes, uh, Blofeld. If you're unfamiliar with the James Bond series. Uh, this one's pretty weird as well. Uh, I, I guess maybe it's like the sign of the times. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, we'll go four as well. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I like James Bond movies, so if you like James Bond movies, this is one. 
<laughs> Moving on to Bright. Man, they really uh, plugged the shit out of this movie on Netflix. It is a Netflix-created movie. Uh, I saw Will Smith going around uh, doing his, you know, plugging it tour of this. Uh, set in a world where mystical creatures live side by side with humans, a human cop is forced to work with an orc to find a weapon everyone is prepared to kill for. Uh, yeah, I, I like this idea. I read a book series once that was basically this exactly, and I can't remember what it was. If anyone listening to the sound of my voice can tell me what that book series was, where it was like uh, gritty cops uh, and stuff and such, uh, but then also like fantasy entwined with it. I forget what it was, though. Uh, it's, a, it's a good combination. Yeah, yeah, like modern day... Uh, fantasy set in a real sort of world. I, I, I like that. And I like this. Uh, Rating-wise, geez, uh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go for for this as well. Uh, Will Smith, I feel like I hadn't seen him in a, in a, in a movie like this in a while, and, and he is good. Uh, Would have, if I were this movie, had upped the comedy buddy cop bit of it a little bit more. It's there, of course, but uh, I think it needed a bit more of that. Uh, okay, next is Pottersville. Pottersville. The plot center is on Maynard, played by Michael Shannon. Uh, basically, he pretends to be Bigfoot uh, so that the town he lives in gets a bunch of tourism. Uh, also, it's a Christmas movie, I guess. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie like how Die Hard's a Christmas movie in that it's a movie that takes place during Christmas. Uh, a lot, a lot of big names here. Let's see. Michael Shannon, Judy Greer, Ron Perlman, Christina Hendricks. God damn. Uh, Thomas Lennon, Ian McShane, uh, more. <laughs> really pretty incredible cast, and the movie was just okay. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll go with three, but, uh, it wasn't terrifically executed. Uh, uh, Michael Shannon, I don't know if I like him in comedies. He's a little too intense, I feel like, for it. Uh, moving to the final movie, uh, The Darkness. The Darkness. This was bad. Uh, I feel like I haven't given a, uh, a bad rating in a while. Uh, I'm going to go like one and a half, maybe two. Uh, just from the absolute outset, it was the most... By the numbers horror movie I think I've ever seen. Uh, the Mrs. and I, she she's a horror movie expert even more than myself. Uh, I don't I don't shit I, I never got her rating, but uh, neither, from 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 the get go we were predicting uh, not only what was going to happen but specific scenes that we would see in the movie, and I don't think we were wrong once. Uh, so basically, this kid, uh, ancient Indian burial ground, sort of, but not really, stones. Uh, he's autistic, so that's uh, something, I guess. Or they never really say he's autistic, but I guess that's what we're assuming he is. Uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, yeah. Matt Walsh was in it at the beginning, which, you know. Paul Reiser, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Paul Reiser was in it, and he was really, really good in it. Yeah. Uh, it made me wish to see Paul Reiser in more things. That is the highlight of this. Just by the numbers. So freakishly things that you've seen a million times in horror movies done better. Uh, I don't think there was a single scare in the whole movie. 
Ugh, the darkness. Why did we have to end with this? Damn it. Uh, okay, so let's... What could we do here? Let's, uh... Let's type in funny noises YouTube. Uh, okay, and then we'll push this button and we'll see what sort of funny sound that will make you laugh. Okay, folks, uh, it didn't make me laugh, <laughs> I will admit, but uh, that was better than the darkness. Right? Right. Uh, that leaves one final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper